Well, today, I am wanting to talk about how to make the Word of God become part of you. You know, we hear all the time, got to read the Word, read the Word, read the Word. But, you know, we really need to know how to read the Word. <laughs> Some of us that's been around a while may know that already. But you never know. There might be something you don't know. So you have to listen up. <laughs> uh, so not long ago, I spoke and ended a message with, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. <laughs> it comes from Psalms 34, 8. And I know the little kids remember that one very well. It was on a Wednesday night. And so if you weren't here... You had to see it by video. But Pastor Jim has also been teaching on Wednesdays about the Word of God being like medicine, right? So when you take medicine, you have to take it regular, don't you? You take it just like it's prescribed. And you, you're not supposed to share your medicine the blessing that you have, the one that God has picked out just for you, it's yours, right? Now, regular medicine, you're, you're not supposed to give a prescription to somebody else, right? Well, now how does that fit in here? I don't know, because it wasn't in my notes. But the thing is this, God has a time where he reveals certain things to you. And sometimes it's just for you. And then other times, it's things that you're supposed to share with other people. So we can't take everything that the world has and compare it, right? But we know Jesus used parables and he used things of this earth so that we could understand and can relate to it. So that's what we try to do. So whenever you try to make something fit perfectly, you're going to have confusion. You just have to take things by faith, right? Amen? Uh, I got some amanners here. That's good. <laughs> Well, the Bible is not like any other book. How many of you know that? It is not the same. You can't use it like a history book. There's history in it, but you don't read it just like a history book. And it's not just a storybook. So you can't read it like you're just reading a story. And, huh, David and Goliath, yeah, he killed that giant. And God was with him. But we have to apply it to ourselves, don't we? Amen. Otherwise, it will not make any difference in your life. It's just like reading a novel. The Bible is not a novel. The Bible is God's word. Amen? So... The Bible is alive. 
It's living. And you, um, when you read it, you should try to see yourself in the scriptures. But I'm giving you a little background of this so when I read my scriptures, you'll understand what I'm doing. But uh, you should try to see yourself in the scriptures. Uh, John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. He's talking about the word of God here. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So God, the spirit, he puts life into this word. And so the word of God, when we take it in, gives us life, does it not? Amen. It makes us alive. Hallelujah. Now, when Jesus spoke this verse, he, he had just been talking about himself being bread. What do you do with bread? You eat it, don't you? It's supposed to give you life and substance. So, John the Apostle said in John verse, or chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, that Jesus is the Word. So we're going to read that. In the beginning was the Word. That's the beginning before creation. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, the creator. And without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So Jesus is the word. He was God before he ever became a little baby. And yet he put aside his Godhead so he could live this life just like you and I. So that he would know what it was like from a personal experience. You know, it's one thing being the creator of something. Say a creator, uh, say in pottery, creator forms a pot. It's one thing creating the pot it's another thing, being the pot, isn't it? Well, the pot is whatever the creator made it to be, right? But we know that the Lord says to desire to be a pot that is worthy, that is gold and silver, you know something? Well, that takes effort, right? Well, now, doesn't God just make you whatever you are? Well, we found out from last week that there's some growing up to do, right? And as you grow up, you can go from wood, hay, and stubble and become a pot that is gold or silver, fine, precious jewels, 
Anyway, um, I'm saying all of that so that when we read these scriptures and Je knowing that Jesus is the bread and he's the word, that we're going to devour the word. Amen? We're going to let it work within us. You, you know, every time that you read the scriptures, you get something new out of it. Now, why is that? It's because it's life, right? It gives life. And your circumstances have changed. You're not the same that you were the last time you read it, unless you're reading it, you know, verse after verse after verse, you're trying to memorize it or something. But most of the time, your circumstances have changed. And when you read that scripture, all of a sudden, something else pops out. Oh, wow, that's just for me. Praise God, just for me. I wanted to give you a little bit of understanding, too, about the Bible, in case you didn't know. So the whole Bible is the Word of God, right? He is the Word. And then you got the Old Testament and the New Testament. So the Old Testament was the Old Covenant, was written to the Jewish people. The New Testament, or the New Covenant, is written to all born-again believers, our Christians. Whether you're Jew or Gentile or whoever you are, it's written for you. Now, when you read the Bible, you also have to know Okay, was it written to just the Jews? Was it written to the Christians? Or is it something that I can have for myself? See, this is where people get a lot of confusion because they try to read something and make it say something that maybe it's not saying. But we know, according to the scriptures, that Anything that was a promise to Abraham, we get as a promise to us. Now, I'm not trying to give you verse and scripture for all these, or we'll be here all day. But you can look it up. You can study it out. Study it out for yourself. But the other thing is, is it something that was written just for the past, or was it something that's for the present? Or is it just for the future? And a lot of scriptures have both past and future reference. So when we read, it's always good to just ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me what you're trying to tell me about this scripture. So often we just pick up the Bible and just start reading, and we don't ask the Holy Spirit to reveal him, reveal it to us. That's his job. And so we just ask him. So I'm going to be reading some Psalms 
which David wrote. And I want you to see yourself as David when he was writing them. And I'll kind of explain some things as we go along. But remember, as a boy, David was a shepherd boy. And he took care of his father's sheep. And so he refers to us many times as sheep. And God the Father is a shepherd. But today, we're going to read Psalms 111. And it's only 10 short verses. And it's titled, Praise to God for His Faithfulness and Justice. Starts off with, Praise the Lord. That's the same as hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He starts off. He's, first thing he's doing is focusing on God, right? Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart, not half-heartedly. Everything that's within me, I'm going to praise him. In the assembly of the upright, are we the assembly of the upright? Amen. And in the congregation. Is this the congregation of God? Amen. So when we come together and we praise and worship the Lord, we do it with our whole heart. Amen. Now, when you do something with your whole heart, doesn't that mean your whole being? Well, some people have to still learn that because... Sometimes we might sit there and a little t intimidated and, and be as stiff as a board. <laughs> but God wants us full of life, amen? So when we praise the Lord, we're full of life. Hallelujah. Verse 2. The works of the Lord are great, studied by all who have pleasure in them. I have pleasure in his works. Man, I can look out and see the sunset. I can look at the Grand Canyon or the um, any beautiful falls and I can see the handiwork of God. Amen? I can study them. His work is honorable and glorious. Hmm. So if anything's not honorable and glorious, it's not of God. His work is honorable and glorious. And his righteousness endures forever. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. Ah, oh, remember seeing that beautiful sunset? Or the smell of rain? after it's been so hot and dry. Yes. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. Go back to that. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. That means whenever I make a mistake or whatever happens in my life, the Lord is still going to be gracious to me. 
and full of compassion. If something hurts and I come to him and I say, Lord, I'm really hurting in this, he's going to be gracious and full of compassion. You see how I'm putting myself into the scripture? I'm not reading it just like a book. If we just read it verbatim, we're not going to get anything out of it. I mean, people, professors have studied it. They don't know a thing that it's talking about. He has made his wonderful works to be remembered. We can't forget the things that he's done. So if he's done a wonderful work in my life, maybe I had this debt that I just couldn't get paid. And somehow he just worked a miracle for me and got it paid. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to praise God for that. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, and he will always help us out. Praise God. He has given food to those who fear him. Hmm. Does that mean I have to be afraid of God? I think I'll look that up. What does biblical fear mean? Well, it can mean fear itself, but more often to a sense of awe and submission to a deity. Ah, that makes it different. I can reverence God. I can honor him. I can bring glory to him. That is fear of God. And he has given food. I'd never be afraid of going hungry because he has always given me food. He will ever be mindful of his covenant. He doesn't forget his covenant. Even if I forget his covenant, he still remembers his covenant. Amen? Praise the Lord. He has declared to his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. Well, I have a study Bible here. In the middle of it, it has references. And heritage says inheritance. So, he's going to give to his people the inheritance of the nations. Well, we know that this was written originally for the Jewish people, and they were to inherit the, all the nations of the land of Canaan there. God showed Abraham all of these things, and then he showed Moses, and he says, this is their inheritance. Well, what did Jesus do when he left this earth? He said to go into all the world. Guess what? He's given us the whole world to go to. Wherever he leads us, we can go to any nation. If that's our inheritance. 
And if we are giving to help someone who's out there in another nation, well, that's part of our inheritance. Praise the Lord. The works of his hands are verity and justice. Well, now, verity is not a word I usually use. So I'm going to look that up just to see what it says. Definition of verity. A true principle or belief, especially one of fundamental importance. Another word could be truth or accuracy. So the works of his hands are truth and justice. All his precepts are sure. You, I don't have to worry about them disappearing. They're sure. He has given everything his precepts. If he said it, you can believe it. Amen? Amen. Praise God. They stand fast forever and ever and are done in truth and uprightness. Whatever God does, whatever precepts, whatever he says, it's going to last forever. And it's going to be done in truth and uprightness. So we don't have to be afraid. Amen? Amen. He has sent redemption to his people. Well, that was looking forward to Jesus during the Psalms. But he's already sent Jesus, praise the Lord, so I have redemption in Jesus. Amen. He has commanded his covenant forever. He will never forget his covenant. Holy and awesome is his name. Holy are you, Lord. The fear of the Lord, the reverence, the awe of God is the beginning, just the very beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. So if I praise God, it's going to endure forever. That praise is going to echo throughout eternity. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we can do something that's going to last forever when we praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we're going to continue with David. Now, some of us have heard that David was a man after God's own heart, wasn't he? Any of you heard that before? David was a man after... Was David perfect? Oh, my goodness. But... God loved David's heart. David wanted to please God. And whenever he made a mistake and it was brought to his attention, he quickly humbled himself and asked God to forgive. And that's what God loved about David. And that's what he loves about us. Amen? So we're going to go right to the very next chapter, Psalms 112. And that's titled, The Blessed State of the Righteous. Hmm. I read somewhere that I am righteous now in Christ Jesus. That 
God has given me the righteousness that Jesus has if I have accepted him as Lord and Savior. Well, praise the Lord. It starts out again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, David was always praising God. Even when he had a real rough time and he starts out and he, you, you thought, my goodness, this scripture is full of woe. But when he gets through with it, most times he is praising God, believing God. So praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. So we learn that is one who honors the Lord. Who greatly, or delights greatly in his commandments. Yes, I love the commandments of the Lord because it gives me boundaries to know what I should or shouldn't do. It doesn't leave me out there on a limb just trying to figure out how to live life. No, it shows me. Now, since I'm putting myself in this scripture, everywhere I see his, I'm going to put myself in there. So my descendants will be mighty on the earth. Well, praise the Lord. All of my descendants are going to be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Man, all my kids, my grandkids, everyone's going to be blessed. Amen? Amen. Wealth and riches will be in my house. Yes, it doesn't matter what my bank account says. But wealth and riches are in my house. I have everything I have need of. And his righteousness, that's my righteousness, endures forever. Once I have made Jesus Lord and Savior of my life, (laughs) my righteousness endures forever because of him. Amen? Unto the upright, there arises light in the darkness. (coughs) Excuse me. I am gracious and full of compassion and righteous. In other words, when I go to speak, I think, okay, can I say this graciously? Can I have compassion and in righteousness? So, I'm not going to be saying something evil about somebody, am I? A good man deals graciously. Well, that includes me. And lends. I have plenty. I can lend. I will guide my affairs with discretion. Next verse. Surely I will never be shaken. Praise God. Nothing's going to move me, no matter what comes my way, because my, my strength and my hope is in God. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. 
I will be remembered for my righteousness, what things that I do. I will not be afraid of evil tidings. My heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. That's why I can be steadfast. I'm founded on a rock. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My heart is established. It's settled. I will not be afraid until I see my desire upon my enemies. Well, Satan is my enemy because he's Jesus' enemy. And Jesus already won the battle. So I know that my desire for Satan is going to be seeing him going into the lake of fire. Amen? So I will see the desire of him. Now, I have dispersed abroad, and I've given to the poor. My righteousness endures forever. My horn will be exalted with honor. Okay, well, that's a little different. I'm going to look up his horn. What's the definition of his horn? Well, it comes from an image of a bull lifting up its horns after winning a battle. The raised horn is a common biblical symbol of victory, especially of being rescued from oppression. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> I will be exalted with honor because of who is mine, my Jesus, because of him. Amen? Well, the wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Well, praise God, that's not me. <laughs> Whoever's wicked, take note. <laughs> that's your end. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God. Oh, you know, when you read the Word of God like it's something written to you or you're the one that's reading it and saying it, it comes alive. It becomes part of you. Now, I'm not going to keep you real long today, <laughs> but we're going to do one more real common Psalm of David. We're going to go to Psalm 23. And that's titled, The Lord, the Shepherd of His People. He's the shepherd of his people. David wrote this with the knowledge, the fact that he was a shepherd and the sheep that he took care of, and he equated us like those little sheep. He knew a lot about sheep. And God equates us with sheep. So this chapter can mean a lot to us. The Lord is my shepherd. He takes care of me. I shall not want, nor will I lack anything. 
He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That means those pastures are tender and green. I can get rest and food. I can relax there. He leads me besides the still waters. They're very calm. So one thing I found out, sheep don't like to drink out of rough waters. They want it calm. And so he leads them to where there's water that is still and quiet. He restores my soul. So when my mind, will, and emotions are all messed up and I come to him, he will restore my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He cares about his children. He cares about his sheep. He cares about his name. I know if, if you're like me, being a child of God, when I hear people take the name of God in vain, it just crushes my spirit. They have no idea what they're doing. No idea. But for his name's sake, he's going to take care of me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even when I have to go through death, or if I go through hard times, I will fear no evil. Why? Why will I not fear? (laughs) For you are with me. God is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They're not there to beat me up. They're there to beat off the enemy. Amen? Amen. They're there to protect me, to keep me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. (laughs) Even when the enemies are all around about me, you give me a table of plenty. I can sit down and feast. I can enjoy that food. I don't have to have any indigestion because God's taking care of the enemy. Amen? Amen. You anoint my head with oil. They used to anoint people with oil for healing. They used oil as a healing balm. And, and that's what it's talking about. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. That's the joy of the Lord. My cup is always running over. It's full of joy. People look at you and say, you can't be that happy. You can't be always laughing. You can't always be um, singing or, well, life comes along and sometimes there are things that, you know, you wish you didn't have. But when we think about the goodness of God and that he's there taking care of us, my cup just runs over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. 
Anytime I look, be, look behind me, guess what? I don't see torment. I don't see things that used to happen to me or hurt me. I see surely and goodness. <laughs> Mercy. Have you heard the joke about the little boy and he was walking with his mama? And he says, who's Shirley, goodness and mercy? Mama says, what do you mean, Shirley, goodness? Well, they're always following. You always say they're following us. <laughs> well, God was just saying, goodness and mercy is going to follow you all the days of your life. His protection I like to think of it as two big angels, <laughs> you know, surely. Well, not surely. Goodness and mercy are following me <laughs> all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm going to live forever. In fact, God has prepared a dwelling place for me, and I'm going to live there forever. Hallelujah. It's already got my name on it. I might not see it yet with these eyes, but it's there. Jesus promised. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And when I come back, I'm going to receive you into myself. He's gone to the Father to prepare a place for us. So it doesn't really matter what's happening here in this life, does it? Nope. But when we get there, we're going to understand it all. And we're going to rejoice and be happy in the fact that, uh, God, you knew what I liked even better than I did. <laughs> I think we're going to be very happy with what he's prepared for us. Amen? Okay, well, let's, we're going to just pray here and do you feel like you understand about how to read the word? How to get it into you? Just live it. Let it live in you. Don't let it be a dry book. It's not a dry book. It's exciting. It's got lots of good stories that are real, and it can be real for us today. If we take it, believe it by faith, it has to be by faith. You can read the word, but if you don't mix faith with it, what good is it? And you know, God's going to enjoy to hear our praises. Amen. And he just will always dwell with us. Amen.